0: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, May 20th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanenny.
1: And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves.
0: In the podcast feed yesterday, you might have noticed that we brought you what had normally been just a Patreon-only episode from earlier this month, in which Jennifer McHugh and I recapped the final two episodes of the first season of NBC's musical Dramedy. I think it's safe to call it a Dramedy. Uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, we went through, The final two episodes, Zoe's Extraordinary Mother and Zoe's Extraordinary Dad. Get the freaking tissues if you're going to watch or listen to those Mm -hmm. episodes.
1: I guess it is a dramedy then, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. And then we, at the end, did our list of Palooza about who we would want to see joining the cast, either in a regular or recurring or just guest star spot in season two, if there is a season two. I was very proud of mine. They are, I did everything from, I included the actor, what character I wanted them to play and what song I wanted them to sing. They are all theatrically connected, of course. So, uh, if you haven't of listened course. to that yet, it's an hour and 50 minutes, so it'll take up a good chunk of a quarantine morning or afternoon. So take a listen to that. Normally that would have just been on Patreon. So if you want to hear all of the content that we put through our Patreon feed on its own, head over to patreon.com slash broadway radio or broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. All right, Ashley, we've got some news to get into today, and so far this spring, the first story is the type of thing that we enjoy the most as the... Yes, very much
1: so. It's really
0: the only good news we've (laughs) gotten this type of (laughs) thing in this spring. The Off-Broadway Alliance announced their 10th annual awards. Uh, They do plan on having a reception later this fall for the winners, but the actual awards themselves... We're presented on Tuesday, and what's interesting about this is, is they don't have actually any individual awards. They are all production awards. Mm-hmm. No, uh, nothing for performers, nothing for designers, nothing for directors. So just keep that in mind. Let's run through them here real quick. The Best New Play went to Aaron Posner's Life Sucks, which is, as Aaron Posner often does, is a check-off reinterpretation. Best Revival of a Play went to Stephen Malatrat's The Woman in Black, which played at the McKetrick Hotel. Best New Musical, unsurprisingly, went to Michael R. Jackson's A Strange Loop. Uh, The Best Musical Revival went to The Unsinkable Molly Brown, produced by The Transport Group. Best Unique Theatrical Experience went to Lucas Haneith's Dana H., which was produced by the Goodman Theater, amongst others. Best Solo Performance went to Bill Posley in The Day I Became Black, which Bill also created and wrote. And then Best Family Show went to the Atlantic Theater Company's She Persisted the Musical with script and lyrics by Adam Tobin, music by Deborah Wicks LaPuma, and it was, of course, adapted from the book by Chelsea Clinton. Special honorees were Gretchen Cryer, Woody King, Eric Krebs, uh, Barbara Zinn Krieger, and Barbara Zinn Krieger, and the Off Broadway Hall of Fame inductees included uh, Mark Blum. Win Handman, and Julia Miles, uh, all posthumously inducted into the Hall mm-hmm. of Fame. Uh, they also gave out special uh, Hall of Fame inductions for uh, the Friends of Broadway Award going to the Drama Bookshop, still anxiously awaiting news on when and where that is going to reopen. I be know, open, but I know. I'm sure the well, I whole think COVID-19 said, thing— I
1: think they've said where, just not the when. Oh,
0: did they say where? Okay, I think I so, forgot.
1: yeah. Yeah, maybe
0: it all runs together at this point, yeah, that's but true.
1: Um, that's true. time?
0: Yeah, and COVID nineteen d- d- surely does not help anything like that. But uh, if anyone deserved recognition uh, for their ancillary connection and support of the theatrical community in New York, the Drama Bookshop is definitely one of them. So, so true. actually,
1: more awards
0: always good. Always, I, know. Um, I fun stuff to celebrate, <laughs> and uh, it's nice to have this to discuss today.
1: Definitely, uh, yeah. As you said, this is pretty much our only—not our only happy news at this point, but it's definitely the most consistent and normal feeling news for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely makes us feel like the world isn't going to hell in a handbasket for like the ten, you know, five ten minutes that it takes yeah, to discuss exactly. them. So, <laughs> anyway. Um, let's get on to some other news, Se- actually.
1: segueing into sad news. <laughs>
0: well, but we're going to start with some awards news before we get into more sad stuff, because yesterday the Drama Desk Awards announced that they will be creating the Harold Prince Award to honor the lifetime achievement of an artist. This year, the Lifetime Achievement Award will be posthumously given to its namesake, Harold Prince. In a statement, the Drama Desk co-president said, quote, it is nearly impossible to overstate how Prince's contributions to the theater community, both on stage and off Through countless productions over the course of his life, Mr. Prince's legacy is reflected every day on Broadway and beyond. We are thrilled to honor that legacy with the establishment of the Harold Prince Award. Now, Ashley, I cannot think of a better person to honor with the naming of a Lifetime Achievement Award than Hal Prince. Correct. Uh, It has been discussed at length since his passing last July, but his body of work as a director and a producer is simply unmatched. In the history of modern theater.
1: Absolutely.
0: The 65th Annual Drama Desk Awards, if you forgot, will be presented solely online and on uh, Spectrum's New York One, if you're in the New York area, and a Spectrum subscriber on May 31st at 7.30 p.m. Now, Ashley, I can probably Mm -hmm. imagine who you would like to be the second recipient of the Harold Prince Lifetime Achievement Award. Um would that be would it be awkward to have Hal and Steve after they've kind of broken up and whatever and all that stuff coming
1: <laughs> oh, back don't to back? I think so. They they reunited yeah. for a minute. Yeah. yeah. Bounce. Bounce slash, you know, 55 other names. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think why I, th- I think that's fair.
0: Okay. And and very well deserved, of course.
1: <laughs> yeah, as you as you said, and mentioning that it was his passing last July, which I cannot believe it was that recent. It feels like ages ago, but yeah, there's so much that can be said about the fact that he was such an advocate for obviously not just the theater, but for artists and individual artists and artists as a whole. So. This was very wonderful to see in my feet on Tuesday morning.
0: Yeah, absolutely the the stories about people being overwhelmed by his kindness and generosity following his passing yes, uh yes. were were very well noted and he is a an example to what someone with the artistic vision and just the, the power and clout should be uh in our community. Mm-hmm. So often we hear about people who abuse those type of things and uh Glad that Hal Prince, the most decorated uh, artist of any kind in Tony Award history, uh, does not fall in that category. All right, so Ashley, well, sad that he died, happy that he's being remembered, let's get on now to the completely sad and potentially devastating news. (laughs) Because earlier this week, Deadline reported that the Shakespeare Globe Theater is facing a potential closure due to the financial impact of the COVID-19 shutdown. In documents to the UK Digital Culture, Culture, Media, and Sports Committee, the Globe said, quote, Without emergency funding and the continuation of the coronavirus job retention scheme, we will spend down our reserves and become insolvent. We are a model for the non-subsidized art sector that is well-run, well-managed, and financially resilient. But in the face of a crisis such as this one, there is no mechanism to help us. This has been financially devastating and could be terminal. In addition, the Donmar Warehouse and the Right Honorable Lord Andrew Lloyd Webber's really useful group also submitted information to the committee. The Donmar said, quote, unless we now cancel a forthcoming and essential capital project, we will have no funds to transition Our model to a more sustainable one, create artistically adventurous work with inherent risk, cash flow the business or cushion the effects of any further crisis or downturn. The committee is now recommending, in fact, that UK Culture Secretary uh, Oliver Dowden provide substantial relief to arts organizations in the UK. Actually, this is from the theatrical standpoint, not talking about the larger health crisis, but from a theatrical Mm -hmm. standpoint, everything about this story is sad. Um, right. especially right. the people whose lives are being devastated by this. But another element of it that kind of struck me as I was reading through all of these stories over the last couple of days is that I have, I mean, not... One hundred percent faith, um, but a, a a pretty decent amount of faith that the UK government will do something to support these arts yeah, organizations. I've been thinking
1: about that, I and mean, as even mentioning that the a, a whole you know non subsidized subsidized yeah. art sector of UK government, which yeah. we do not have the pleasure of having.
0: Right, and that's my point is that I have a, a decent amount of faith that something will happen for those organizations, while I have practically zero faith that the United States government will do anything similarly substantive, there might be some little things here and there might be some (laughs) other things (laughs) that apply to them, but, you know, because of their small business status or charitable organization status, but nothing that is actually geared specifically towards arts organizations, which is really Uh just cutting your nose off to spite your face because they are such economic drivers for the communities that they're in. It's really like ignoring arts organizations just to stick it to the libs.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, the history of the United States, essentially, anytime there's any kind of uh, funded theater in any way, whether it be Cold War, culture wars, or like the federal theater project doing during the New Deal, it always eventually shuts down once there's any kind of progressive movement towards something. But yeah, uh, I I have more faith in UK theaters recovering than I do US theaters for sure. And we've seen a lot of this recently, both with the Old Vic and with National Theater as a whole. So this is unfortunately another you know, bigger part of UK theater that we're seeing this happen to. And I, and that, that is, let me be clear, not to say that you shouldn't go and try and support these companies in any way, if you're able to, because there's a thousand things to support within theater, starting with the artists. But yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to see. And it's tough to think about on our side of the pond, because you start thinking about, well, what happens to UK theatre? If something does badly hit UK theatre, then what is US theatre going to look like? Worse. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So. All right. Um, One last. This one isn't necessarily as sad because this is something that, you know, happens every year. But yesterday, the Tony Awards released their 2020 in memoriam list. They do this every year, like I said, but it's um a longer version of the list that we see eventually get recognized on the Tony's telecast. The Tony Awards said yesterday, quote, each spring, the Tony Awards joins with the entire theater community in remembering friends and colleagues who have left us. During the past year, the names of some of those who worked on Broadway are listed and they are always in our hearts. Now, obviously, the top line names are Terrence McNally, Zoe Caldwell, um, Diane Carroll, Jerry Herman, uh, Phyllis Newman, Harold Prince, uh, Brian Dennehy, but some other ones that I wanted to point out as well. Some others include Rene Auberginois, Danny Aiello, Mark Blum, Martin Charnin, Mark Crowley, Kirk Douglas, Merwin Ford, Peter Peter Fonda, Peter Hunt, Sylvia Miles, Peter Sade, Adam Schlesinger, Jerry Stiller, Rip Taylor, and Rip Torn. That's confusing. Max Mm. von Sydow, Franco Zeffirelli, and many, many more. Who knows what we're going to have with an actual Tony Award ceremony, but if you would like to Mm -hmm. see the complete list of people that they have collected for this in memoriam, you can head over to broadwayradio.com or check out the link in the show notes. All right, Ashley, we've had some sad things to talk about. So let's have our feel good recommendations now to round out the show. I'm going to start off with one that honestly was shocking to me. It came from the Epic players inclusion company Um, which is an organization that is supporting um, autism awareness and stuff. Um, It is a New York City-based neurodiverse theater company, and they created this series so that their autistic performers could have a creative outlet and find some normalcy during this COVID-19 pandemic. And for this, one of their performers, Nicole D'Angelo, got to virtually duet with Tony nominee Sidney Lucas On the song Ring of Keys. And first off, you can't watch someone sing that, especially Sydney, and not get goosebumps. But I
1: was about to say, I haven't watched it because I am physically unable to watch anyone perform that song, but especially Sydney
0: Lucas. Right. But here's the thing how the hell is Sydney Lucas like practically an adult? Like she's like 16 or 17 years old. I feel so old.
1: I feel old every day at this point, but yeah.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like, you yeah. look at this and you're I've like, lost, oh. I've
1: lost track of time. Because how old was she when she was in Fun Home?
0: Well, she did it for so long between the public and Broadway. Right, that, true, very true. You know, that she she might have even probably been a little too old by the time it got to Broadway. Not too old, but I mean, older than oh. the the role normally wow. would have gone with. <laughs> yeah, she was an old washed up hag by the time. Noted
1: no. ageist, Matt Kennedy. No. Oh, please.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but she she she's an adult, and I I think she's such a special performer. I can't wait to she to see what she does, um, with the rest of her career if she decides to pursue performing as a career. I know she did a she's TV she's show.
1: sixteen. She's still a baby. I, know. I hope she has a long career. Goodness. Well,
0: if she, I mean, she could decide to go be a neuroscientist for all I know. But um, that's
1: very true. That's very e- either true. Either way,
0: the performance is great. It's so lovely to see this. So highly recommend that. Uh, Also, tonight, Wednesday night at 8 p.m. on People.com, you know we've talked about it many, many times, um, we will have the streaming of the one-night-only Bombshell in Concert that was captured in 2015 on... Tuesday, they released kind of a commercial that featured a bunch of the stars of it. Cat uh, McPhee was kind of leading it, but Megan Hilty, uh, Leslie Odom Jr., uh, Deborah Messing, everybody was, was in it. It was very cute. Uh, and also, if you need to kind of wet your whistle for this stuff, I will also have highlights from the concert um, in the show notes if you want to check that out before uh, you get to watch the full thing on Wednesday. Also, Ashley, we need to be done recording mm. on Wednesday night by 8 p.m., by the way.
1: I was just about to say we may have to do a short new show that <laughs> night because I figure you will be watching if yeah. anybody will be. Yeah, yeah.
0: if I, – I mean, anything else, I don't care if you can watch or not, if you have to edit afterwards, but we have to be done. <laughs>
1: I'll be editing, yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: Um, and my final set of recommendations for today – are the highlights from Monday night's the uh, a night of Covenant House stars concert that took place? It was it, it was so lovely, and I tweeted about it. And if you if you were following me, first off, I'm sorry. Um, mm, and, agreed, uh, yeah. So you saw, you know, it, just, it was just so moving. And not only was it great performances and heartfelt performances. But they also had, you know, some interviews with some you know, celebrities that are active with Covenant House. But most importantly, they had some testimonials and some other types of statements from either Covenant House residents or Covenant House alums. Uh, and I think we, f- we forget that there are Covenant House's in 31 cities across six different countries. We saw some folks from uh, Covenant Houses in Southern and Central America. It was really fantastic. We've got a, a slew of highlights in the show notes from Alex Newell, um, Zachary Kinto talking to um, a resident at Atlanta's Covenant House, uh, Anna Villafanier singing a an original Frank Wildhorn song that he wrote specifically for nice. Covenant House, um, a, a, a musical reuniting of the cast of Brooklyn, Dolly Parton, uh, Jeremy Jordan, Laura Osnes, <sighs> Bobby Conte, yes. Thornton. Then you had Stephanie J. Block singing "Not While I'm Around" with her daughter sitting on her lap.
1: Oh my goodness! Yeah, I'll Aud- die. I have I haven't gotten to see anything. It's yet, so good.
0: So Audra Audra sings "Somewhere Over the Rainbow." Uh, Shireen oh. Pimentel from the Broadway Company of West Side Stories sings "Somewhere." Uh, Broadway Inspirational Voices closed out the show. Keala Settle sang um, uh, uh, um, the song from The Greatest Showman. Uh, I can't remember what it is, but just it was all wonderful. It was so moving and so touching. So watch those If you're able to contribute to um, The Covenant House, please do. It's such a worthwhile organization. And uh, it was a really lovely night. And I sat on... Twitter, Ashley, this concert was so incredibly well produced that if the American theater wing wants to get their crap in gear,
1: (laughs) look to the covenant house,
0: hire whoever produced this because it was such great quality. So well done. It was thoughtful. It was smart. It hit all the right notes, both literally and figuratively. Uh, it was really pretty darn perfect. So, um, highly, highly recommend that. And, uh, you Know it was great, all right. That is all that we have for today. So, thank you for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No This Is Ashley.
0: All right, thank you again for listening. Have a wonderful Wednesday. We will be back to talk to you tomorrow in some way, form, or fashion. But either way, I'm Just done. Say at by least eight-
1: I will while Matt yeah, will be watching the bombshell done. concert.
0: I am done by eight o'clock. <laughs> Either that or we're recording super late because I'm not missing this thing. No, no, no. No. (laughs) All right. Have a great hump day everybody and we'll talk to you tomorrow.